Welcome to the Imperfect Church Podcast, a podcast for the imperfect church and the imperfect pastors that lead them. I'm Ryan Reed. And I'm John Martin. And this is the Imperfect Church Podcast. <laughs> Do you like that? Oh, God. I wanna, Moving on. Let's I move on. I want to emphasize things, you know? <laughs> yeah. I want to articulate. I got you. I hear you. We are from Mississippi. <laughs> we need to articulate. Yes, we do. How's everybody doing? <laughs> Why did we start it out that I way? I don't know. You started it. I know. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm All good, right. Ryan. How are you? Doing well. It's good, good to deal. be back in the saddle again. Yeah. Uh, yeah climbing yeah, up yeah. on this horse that yeah. we call the Imperfect Church Podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we are talking about an interesting subject today. Yes, we are. A deep, um, deep, deep. A deep subject. Like yep. a well. Like a well. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, well, <laughs> as we talk about this subject, we are going to uh, introduce a, um, a another segment. Uh, well, no, let's see. Another addition to uh, our right. series, Practical Theology for Plain People. Plain Theology for Practical People. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. So today, That's right. uh, our first installment, we talked about uh, Revelation. That's right, yeah. And uh, how we know anything, uh, yeah, much yeah. less how we know things about God. Right. Uh, and then we took a little special holiday excursion. We jumped yeah, on our, yeah. uh, our sleigh ride, and we went uh, riding on a one-horse open sleigh <laughs> and talked about the Incarnation. The Incarnation. Incarnation. Yep. Uh, and today... Kind of out of order. Incarnation is kind of out of order. That's right. We're trying to follow um, Revelation, right. and then today... Uh, just, that's right. Um, so we want to now kind of get back into order yep. a little bit, yep. and we want to talk about uh, God. Yes, so <laughs> which today, is a big subject. We're talking about God. Today, in 30 minutes, we're going to cover theology. That's right. We want to talk about the study of God. That's right. Who He is. Yep. Specifically, we're going to talk about God's attributes. Today. That's right. Yep, yep, um, yep. So, so what do we mean by attributes? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I have a, a good definition of definition the attributes of, attributes? of God by uh, Erickson in Millard? his uh, Systematic Theology Mr. book. Mr. Miller? He says, when we speak of the attributes of God, we're referring to those qualities of God that constitute what He is, mm. the very characteristics of His nature. Mm-hmm. We are not referring to His acts, such as creating, guiding, and preserving, nor to His corresponding roles as creator, guide, or preserver. Mm-hmm. So that's Millard Erickson basically telling us we're going to talk about the nature of God. Right. So right. that is an ontological uh, study of yes. who God is. Yes. What is his being? That's what is right. he like? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so when we when we talk about the attributes of God, when we talk about God in general, uh, this is the highest science, right? Theology, the study of God. He is the most important being in the mm-hmm. universe. Yeah. So as we study him, that's a... It's a big, weighty topic. It is a big topic, and certainly a topic that we don't have time to go all the way through today. Right. And, uh, in 30 we'll minutes, get, you can't I mean, cover it. We'll do the best we can, and it'll probably be the best uh, you know podcast on God there ever has been, right? <laughs> uh, sure we'll, it will we'll, be. We'll, we'll certainly be the best one we've ever done. That's right. That's right. We'll kick it off with our Dead Man Talking, uh, and our Dead Man Talking comes from A.W. Tozer, and one of the first things that he writes in his well-known book, The Pursuit of God... Mm-hmm. Um, he or the knowledge of the holy. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Yeah. yeah. And this goes to that, the old saying, everyone is a theologian, right? Mm-hmm, Everybody mm-hmm, has mm-hmm. some sort of thoughts about God. Right. Uh, some, some sort of, uh, um, I guess, assertions about who God is. And what Tozer is reminding us is that that is going to define how we live 
and what we do. Yeah, and I think uh, for us, and we'll talk about this toward the end of our time together, what we think about God has direct implications on how we do ministry. Right. What our ministry looks like. Right. And, uh, and, and, but beyond that, even those people that are listening that are not ministers mm-hmm. necessarily, yeah. they're not, they're not vocational ministers. What you believe about God also has implications in how you live your life, yeah. what you spend your time doing, yeah. and, and all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so what we, our, what we believe about God is of the highest importance right. for a believer. And if we think about just, just practically when it comes to understanding who God is, uh, we, we can't know God through, uh, uh, apart from his revelation. That's right. Um, yep. and yep. in his revelation, we see a picture of who God is, yeah. and if we are worshiping something that is not the God as defined and revealed in the Bible, uh-huh. we are committing idolatry, Yes, that's right. That's right. And yeah. so we want to put away all of our false gods that we create, our yeah. house of cards that we uh, yeah. we construct for ourselves, and we want to look at who the Bible says God is, who God says God right. is. Right, exactly. And, and, you know, and again, we could uh, we could spend hours and hours talking about these uh, things, but we've kind of narrowed down our discussion for today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk about only five uh characteristics mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. God or yeah. of his nature and uh, and then maybe another episode later on we'll talk about some other That's ones. That's right. And this is a anytime you do a formal study of the attributes of God, you're going to see two categories. Yeah. And today we're going to take just the first category and these mm-hmm. are the incommunicable attributes of God. That's right. a big fancy way of saying these are attributes that God alone has. That's right. He doesn't share these with mankind. Right. Right. You cannot find any of these attributes inside of man. Yeah, which is uh, which is a good thing to study to know <laughs> yeah. how God is not like us. That's right. Yeah, it's no good doubt. that God is not that, like us. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> and it's good. It's a good thing that we are not God. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, John, what is our first? Incommunicable attribute. So the first, uh, the first attribute we're going to talk about is God's independence. God's God is not dependent upon any other being. Right. God would still be God even if there were not a creation. God was God. God was God. Right. <laughs> before there yeah. was not creation. Uh, God was God before man was ever uh, That's created, right. and God will be God even when yeah. this creation uh, is undone. That's exactly right. God, God is independent of our workings, and this has a lot of different theological uh, veins that we right. could take, and uh, we could talk even deeper about. Uh, you could Soteriology yeah. is affected by this yeah. as well. The work that God has done Mm-hmm. He has done independently of right. us mm-hmm. for our salvation yeah. mm-hmm. because he is able to work independently. Right. And part of it shows the need for God. I love uh, Jonathan Edwards has the great dissertation uh, concerning the end of why God created the world. Mm-hmm. And he says in there, God didn't create out of any need in himself. Right. Yeah, uh, sure. He created out of his overflow. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that is so important uh, when we when we think about implications of this doctrine. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 easy to think God must need me. Yeah, yeah. I'm the only Christian at my work, or <laughs> yeah. I am the only yeah. Christian in my family. Yeah. God needs me. Yeah. Uh, well, the bottom line is God doesn't. No, need he did. He did not in the beginning, and he does not now. Right uh, now, he he loves us. That's right. Certainly, yeah. He cares for us deeply, and uh, that's displayed again through what what he accomplished on the cross on our yeah. behalf. But he's not needy. That's God right. is not a needy yeah. God. And, and it's a good reminder to us that no man is truly independent. That's right. Yeah. Uh, we like yeah. to, you know, we like to flaunt that, you know, we, we're misindependent. You know, we don't need no man <laughs> or we, we're independent from our parents. 
or we're, I'm we're self-sufficient. We, we, we pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. You know, this is, we are, we are the self-made individual. Uh, well, the bottom line is no, we're not. Right. Every one of us is dependent on God to continue to pump certainly uh, uh, blood through our heart and oxygen in our yeah. lungs. Yeah. We depend on God for these things. That's right. We depend on God that he keeps the world spinning That's so right. that we don't yeah, fall yeah, off yeah. and die. Yeah. Uh, we depend on God for the laws of gravity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything that we, we, that makes us who we are is dependent on a self-sufficient yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. He sustains us. Mm-hmm. We do not sustain him. That's good. He sustains mm-hmm. himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, so, that's good. So that's he the is, first one. He is self-sufficient he's, he's as in the burning bush. That's right. Yeah. He's I am that I am. I am that I am. Mm-hmm. The second one, are you ready? I'm ready. Is uh, his unchangeableness. God's unchangeableness. Give us the give us the particular word for unchangeableness it is today. Immutability. The immutability of God. Immutability. Which we was I'll say I was we were just talking about a resource on this that I think is excellent is Kevin DeYoung's sermon. I believe it was at T four G last yeah, uh-huh. year. Uh, he he has a sermon on the immutability of God, and yeah. it is fantastic, yeah. man. And basically, what this means is is God doesn't change. Yeah. He he is today who he was mm-hmm. when he created, yeah. and he will be again at his return who he was when he created, and and even what he is today. So there's some sticky substances when we talk about God's uh, immutability. Oh yeah. Uh, first off, when you say immutability, it feels like you <laughs> ought to be wearing uh, one of those monocles. That's right. I know immutability. What you mean. Yeah, that's right. Um, but we talk about immutability. Um, this is positive for us because it means that God's promises do not change. His character yeah, does not sure, change. For sure. uh, what he said um, will come to pass. Yeah, yeah. But there are some sticky things because we read in Scripture uh, things like uh, God relented, relented. Yeah. Or God... Um, uh, God regretted that he had made mankind mm-hmm, in, in Genesis mm-hmm. 6. Uh, and what do we do with these statements, John? <laughs> That's a great question, Ryan. What do you do with these statements? I think I think uh, John Calvin really helps us here when he talks about, uh, he, I think the word that he uses is God babbles to us as we would babble to babies. Mm. And so these are, these are ways that God communicates uh, divine truths yeah. in human languages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, that's important to realize that uh, that no, God does not change. Yeah, if God sure. changed, if God even changed his mind, that would mean that he was not right in the beginning. Mm-hmm, right. So that would be some sort of flaw in him. Yeah. And so he uses language like that to help us as human beings to understand. It's the same way when we read about the arm of the Lord is not short that he cannot save. Yeah, does God yeah, actually yeah. have a human yeah. physical arm? Yeah, certainly not. No, right? These are these are yeah. ways that he uses human language to convey divine truths. He yeah. babbles to us. And you know, his word his word clearly communicates this to us that he's unchangeable. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're we're told here that that he is the same. Right. Right, yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. And so we don't really have to go real far to understand this as a characteristic of who he is because his holy word declares it to us yeah. very simply. Yeah, that's right. In, in a form that we all can understand. And one of the things I love about this is we talk about these are incommunicable attributes of God, and yet we see them applied to Jesus. Yeah. So these lead into Christology, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Jesus yeah, yeah. in yeah. Revelation says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. Mm-hmm, uh, I'm mm-hmm. the beginning and the end. I don't change. I, right, I, am, right. I am self-sufficient. I, I, I possess the incommunicable attributes of God. Yeah. Therefore, Christ is saying, de facto, yeah, yeah. I am God. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's a bold claim. It is. You can't it back is. it up. <laughs> It's good. That's good. And and thank goodness that Christ does not change right. and uh, and that God does not change either. The fact that God sent Christ to the earth out of his love for us, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that same love sustains us. God doesn't fall out of love with us. Yeah. He's his, he's the same yeah. as he was. And that goes to God's uh, another uh, another uh, I guess segment of God's immutability is his impassibility, mm. which means that God doesn't have passions. Yeah. Yeah. And what that means and that that's maybe that's a that's a uh, uh, that 
language and that uh, way of uh, structuring that sentence is, is an older one. And that comes straight from the Westminster Confession of Faith that God is a God without passions. Mm-hmm. And that just simply means uh, that uh, God is not swayed by emotions. Yeah, yeah. That emotion and passions, they are they are things that that we react, right? Yes, right. I, I get angry right, uh, right. because I stub my toe. Right. Uh, God doesn't have these these passions, these quick emotions, these reactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, God has wrath, but is an eternal wrath, right, a righteous right, right, wrath. Right. God has love, but it's not spurred on by anything. Right. It is just it's it's from Himself. Yeah. And so these are these are important things to think about when we think about God's immutability. Yeah. This is one of those characteristics of God too that uh, man we we ought to be praising the Lord for. Oh yeah. Again, you I mean, know, it's one of those imagine, things we ought to be I mean, celebrating. Listen. Uh, I think about the things that I liked five years ago that I don't <laughs> yeah. like anymore. I used yeah. to be real big into music, and I can't tell you the hottest new band or whatever. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've changed. I was thinking more like mayonnaise. Mayonnaise? You like mayonnaise now? A little bit, but I, I like used mayonnaise. to never eat mayonnaise. Right? I'm the same with tomatoes. <laughs> no, which, I love tomatoes. I now. used to not though. Really? But now I do. Yeah, yeah, it's good. That's I didn't good. like beans. Now I do. God, <laughs> God doesn't change, right? Um, and so there's never going to be a point where God loves you one day and that's exactly next. right. That's exactly right. right. We don't have yeah, to play so, the daisy game with that's him. That's right. He loves me. He loves me not. Yeah, that's no. right. Um, he loves us in Christ and that is unchangeable. Yeah. So, so God is independent, right? God is unchangeable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one that we want to talk about is God is eternal, eternal in the sense that, and we, I think we've already made mention of this is that God has always been, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, God did not it did not come into existence as right. we have come yeah. into existence. Uh-huh. God has always existed. Yeah. This is hard for us to uh, wrap our minds around because mm. everything we know of comes to be. Right. I mean, everything yeah. in our creation that we see, that we hear, that we smell, everything comes into being. Right. And so it's hard for us and to God grasp. Just be. He just that's he not just good. That's be. not good grammar, but that's good theology. He just he is. That's God right. just be. God just be. Yeah. And so and and that's difficult, I think, for us yeah. to grab uh-huh. because well, you know, we don't we don't have any other example of that. Yeah, and and you know this is the question that kids ask: Who created God? Right. No yeah. one created God. That's right. Where did yeah. God come from? He always has been. Yeah. Um, he is self-sufficient. He is. Uh, he has no beginning. He has no end. Uh-huh. Um, he is outside of time and yet operates inside of time. He is the creator of time. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, God is a very unique being, an yeah. eternal, unchangeable God. Yeah. Um, high and mighty. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. when we think about the um, eternality of God or the unchangeableness of God or the independence of God. We're painting a very big picture of God oh, as yeah. we ought to. Oh, yeah. Because the Bible speaks of a big God, yeah, not a sure. small God that we can sure. we can control. If time can't control our God, then we mere humans can't control our God. Yeah, exactly. And we know time does control us. Right, yeah. I mean, time controls us, and it puts us again, I think, in a perspective of of He is God, we are not. Yeah. This this picture of the bigness of if you will, yeah. of God. I love it. One one year at uh, at Secret Church, um, mm-hmm. I'd tell you more about Secret Church, but it's a secret. So, uh, <laughs> but David Platt uh, talked about the theology of sleep, and one of the things that he mentioned was um, every night sleep is a reminder. Yeah. That God is sovereign and we are yep, not. Yep, God yep. does not have to sleep. He does not. Uh, the, yep. the God of Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. That's right. Uh, Psalm, yes, right. Yep. Uh, Psalms tells yep. us. Yeah. And it's true for us. I mean, we we have to sleep. We are yep. controlled by time. Time yep. uh, closes us in. All of us has a a day of death, a day of birth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, these things are are controlled. Uh, 
beyond us, mm-hmm, but God mm-hmm. is not determined by yeah, these things. Yeah, he is not. He is not. So ind- independence, mm-hmm. uh, unchangeableness, eternity, mm-hmm. the next one is his omnipresence. What do we mean, Ryan, by omnipresence? Omnipresence is a really big word that means it that is. he is everywhere at once, yes, simultaneously. Yeah, which again is another one of those things that are hard. it's hard for mm-hmm. us to grasp because as time limits us, so does, so does presence. Yeah. yeah, and space limits mm-hmm. us. Yeah. We we can only be in one place at one That's time. That's right. So right now, my wife wishes that I was at home. <laughs> but I That's not, debatable. Right? I wonder if she actually does. Well, yeah. she may not, but she's at least texting me and saying, hey, when are you coming home? So yeah. Uh, yeah. she did ask me to pick up napkins before I came home. So That's maybe she just what she's napkins. waiting on. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, so God is present. He's all present. He's yeah. ever present. He's yeah. present at every place, what, what in is, every situation. Uh, what does David say? David says, when I go on the mountain. Oh, yeah, you're uh, there. You're there. When, when I, I go, go into the, the deepest valley, hell, yeah, you're, yeah there. you're there. And um, and I think that's a beautiful picture of God because in the one sense, it's very comforting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the other sense, it's mm-hmm. very frightening. Yeah. So I love uh, Jonathan Edwards is known for his, his sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry that's God. Right. Yep. Uh, just recently, um, Owen Strand uh, has put out a book, Always in God's Hands. Right, and it's, right. a, it's a daily devotional through Edwards' works. Yeah. But it comes from a letter that he wrote to his daughter mm. uh, where his daughter was struggling and he wrote to her and said, you need to remember that you're always in God's hands. Yeah, he yeah. uses the same language to sure. convey an opposite thing. Believers yeah. in the hands of a loving God yeah, yeah. is very different than sinners in the hands of an angry God. Right. Um, and what changes is not God, it's mm-hmm. us. That's exactly um, right. Yeah. And so yeah, I, our I position. Uh, God is omnipresent. He is he's everywhere. He is uh, we cannot escape from him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, we are not far from him when we're in trouble. When when we need him. So you mean to tell me that he's not he's not only there only when two or three are gathered? Oh man, <laughs> John, I don't want to get into that now. Come on now. <laughs> You gonna mess everything up? I thought he was only there if two or three are gathered. Well, if you just by yourself in a deer stand, he's there. <laughs> That's, That's all right. I know. But maybe the two or three gathered are the deers. Oh, maybe so. Maybe um, so. That squirrel. But up hey, in the this tree. is this this even applies to our concept of hell. You know, we we often think about hell as the absence of God, mm-hmm. but this doctrine tells us that hell isn't the absence of God. It's hell the abs- is the full force of His yeah, wrath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God yeah. is God's wrath is present in hell. It's the absence of His provision. It's the absence of His provision. It's <laughs> yeah. the absence of His love. That's it's the right. absence of That's His right. grace and yeah, His mercy. Sure. Um, which is which reminds us that heaven is not just. Um, the presence of God, it's yes. the presence of, of all of who he is. And that leads yeah. into our next attribute, yeah. which yeah. is an important one. That's, and the last one we'll cover today. Uh, yeah, yeah, which you know is often, um, I guess, uh, maybe misunderstood. And just recently there's been a good conversation that's brought back up that brings this, uh, this attribute to light, and that is God's unity. In other words, God isn't made up of many different parts. Right. He is one. Yeah, exactly. And so though, though we have this experience of a triune God, mm-hmm. a Holy Spirit— the Son and the Father, uh, they are one God. Yeah, he's there not is divided a, into parts. That's right, that's, exactly. And this even goes with his attributes. God's wrath doesn't exist apart from God's love. Mm, mm-hmm. They are God. Yeah, And so that's we right. can talk about his loving wrath or his yeah. wrath, wrathful love. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but all these are, are connected. We can't just separate. And, and this is important when we when we... When we decide to make our own gods, we often take some of these attributes yeah. and emphasize them over other attributes. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. we can't do that according to Scripture because God is unified. And we is, even do this. Uh, some people do this in their preaching as well. Yeah. Rather than preaching again the full counsel of God, every attribute of God, they only preach the attributes of God that are that are favorable. Yeah. Right. So we want to separate 
who God is uh, by only addressing certain parts of his character. Right, and that's an incomplete view of God. It is an incomplete uh, view. Another way that, to describe this is God's simplicity, and that's not yeah. simple in the sense of right. stupid or ignorant or childish, but it's simple in the fact that he doesn't, he's not made of yeah, parts. Yeah. It's kind of like a, uh, you know, back in um, elementary school, you may, maybe you studied complex and simple machines. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. He is simple. He's not made up of, yeah. of many moving parts. He is right. God. God right. is. Yeah. Period. Exactly. And I think, again, this is very comforting, right? I mean, mm-hmm. God God acts into our lives mm-hmm. based on his character, right. all of his character, mm-hmm. his love and his wrath. Yeah. And, you know, it's not—it is a complicated concept, but but it's simplicity, right. simple enough that we can understand yeah. it. God is God. Yeah. And, He's and whole. The, the beauty of this is if, if God's love—if if God is eternal— then his attributes are eternal. He is eternal because right, his attributes yeah. aren't separate from his yeah, character, yeah. from his very being. Yeah. And so that means that his love is eternal. It is. That's the reason why we can bank on the fact that he he loves us from eternity mm-hmm. and he will love us into eternity. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but that's also the warning to us that um, if his love is eternal, so is his wrath. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so we, we must take his love and his justice in, in one hand and realize that yeah. we can't separate these things. He is unified. He is simple. He is one. That's right. God is. That's right. That's right. God is independent. He is unchangeable. He is eternal. He is omnipresent. And he is unity. He That's is right. one. And of course, we could have spent time talking about others, right. other characteristics. Mm-hmm. And we will spend some time talking about the communicable attributes of God at another time. Yeah. But but these, I think, are the five that we need to uh, understand maybe more so than others. Yeah, and so how do these apply to our ministry? We, theology is not just meant to be discussed in uh, you know high towers, yeah. but it needs yeah. to be practical, and it ought to lead to worship. And so what are some ways that uh, these are practical and maybe lead to worship in our own life? Do you have something, John? Yeah, I do have something. You have something, <clears throat> I had three implications for ministry. Three implications. Yeah, so we'll talk about them one at a time. The first one, I believe, that uh, implication for our own lives and for our ministry as well is that these attributes of God ought to place inside of our hearts a sense of awe. Yeah. We ought to be awestruck yeah. mm-hmm. at these characteristics of yeah. God. God is literally awesome. He is. In, in, the, in the original sense of that word, yeah, yeah, one who yeah. is filled with awe and, and yeah. conveys You ought awe. to write a song about that. Uh, our, our God, God is, is an awesome God. Awesome. Who reigns. Yeah, that's right. From heaven to earth. That's right. <laughs> yeah. With wisdom, power, yeah. and love. Yeah, yeah, I don't know the words. Okay, um, so, but there is a sense <laughs> of all. We ought to, we ought to stand honestly. This, this applies into our worship, yeah, uh-huh. into our daily uh, relationship, communication with God. We ought to stand in awe of a God who is independent, unchangeable, eternal, omnipresent, and unified. Yeah, and this, and this leads to the idea that theology ought to lead to worship. It does. Theology yeah. leads to yeah. doxology. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, if this is who God is, then He is worthy. Of oh worship. man, isn't that for sure? He so it ought to bring a sense of awe into our lives. Mm-hmm. The second thing I think that it ought to do is it ought to uh, drive inside of us a depth of repentance. Yeah. And what I mean by this is, is if if God really is these things that mm-hmm. we've talked about, yeah. we ought to stand in a position of lowliness before yeah, uh-huh. Him. It ought to humiliate us. Yeah. Uh, what does David say again in the Psalms? You know, who, who is the Son of Man that you are mindful? That's right. Of us? Absolutely. Who who could stand if you counted our sins against yeah, us? Yeah, uh, You remember that time that you uh, you were by yourself, you were away, no one knew what you were doing, you were committing sin? Yeah. God knows. That's right, um, yeah. God, God is, is, is able to mark accurately every sinful action, thought, and desire that you have. Yeah, and, and I, I yet, write... Go ahead. And yet, 
he's able he's able to love us yeah. in spite of that because of Christ. Because when we look at these when we look at these great and powerful attributes of God, we also come away from them saying I cannot accomplish any of those. Right. Mm-hmm. So it places us in in perspective with who God is, yeah. and uh, and getting a right sense of who you are mm-hmm. and a right sense of who God is is actually the first step to salvation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, I am not, and you are. Right. I am imperfect. You are perfect. Mm-hmm. You are holy. I am sinful. You know this this kind of perspective of who God is versus who we are. It's 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 necessary for yeah. our salvation. And th- this is one of the Achilles' heels of the unrepentant sin man yeah. is he refuses to acknowledge the rock that is higher That's right. than him. That's right. Yeah, I, for sure. This is it. For believers, yeah. we, we confess, yeah. God, yeah. you you don't need us. That's God, right. Yeah. Your church doesn't need us. God, your son doesn't need us, yet you desire us yeah. and want us. And so yeah. we will humble ourselves and be involved in where you are involved. Yeah. That's good. So the next the next implication, I think, for our ministry and for ourselves as well is an ability to hear the comforts and the warnings of Scripture. Mm-hmm. So we ought to be afraid of God <clears throat> yeah. because of these attributes. We yeah. ought to be fearful of God mm-hmm. because of these attributes. But yet also, we find great comfort right. in the fact that God is unchangeable, yeah. that God is independent. Mm-hmm. The, well, these things provide both of these for us. What does John Newton say in Amazing Grace? Uh, "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, mm-hmm. and grace my fears relieved." Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's, that's it. When, when we have a right view of God, everything begins to line up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when we see him as he truly is and, and we see ourselves compared to that, mm-hmm, uh, we mm-hmm. realize that we fall woefully short and we yeah, need his yeah, grace. Yeah. Yeah. And now when I compare myself to John, I think, man, I'm, <laughs> I'm a better podcaster. <laughs> At least I'm, I'm better, better than that. Right. I mean, we can, you can find something about yourself that is way better than me. And we and do something. this. And we do it, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I'm not your standard. That's exactly right. That's and exactly so right. That, that's that's the beauty of this. Is we are able to see uh, a greater ability to see His grace and to yeah. see His 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 warnings, His judgments. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, because we know who He is. Yeah, man, that's right. That's right. This this is one of the this is one of the foundational issues. Revelation yeah. is a foundational issue mm-hmm. of our theology. Right, it's something we need to understand right, mm-hmm. and uh, and who God is 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 the second foundational issue. There, we need to we need to have this understanding of who our Father is. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. This needs to be right. If not, everything else we believe will crumble. That's it. That's so it. that's why we spent uh, this time on the incommunicable. We're going to spend some time in a few weeks from now on the communicable yeah, as right. well, so that we can have a real understanding of uh, of uh, these attributes mm-hmm. of God. One of my favorite quotes in church history comes from uh, John Leland, who was an early Baptist uh-huh. uh, that that fought hard for religious liberty. In fact, uh, the ERLC Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist, yeah. their house in Washington is called the Leland House. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, during the Second Great Awakening, there was this great movement of the new measures brought on by Charles Finney and whatnot, and yeah. uh, Leland was an older man, and they asked him about it. And his response was, if I had the standard for orthodoxy, then I would, mm, I would, I would mm-hmm. denounce this immediately. Yeah, yeah. He said, but I, but I don't. Yeah. Uh, he said, this I will say, though. That does not sound like the Jesus I began following. Wow! Yeah. So I dare not follow it now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. and I think that's that's the truth for us when it comes to studying God and seeing who He is from the Scripture. We are able to see things that maybe some other people claim yeah. is from God, and because we've spent time with Him and His Word, yeah. we're able to say that's not the that's voice not I've him. been following. Yeah, right. That's right. So that's, that's good. I think. <clears throat> that's good. That's good. Good stuff. So, uh, Ryan, as we begin to wind it down here uh, this afternoon or this morning, whatever it happens to be, right. wherever you happen to be, wherever right? you happen to be, uh, what what are you reading right now? Oh man, listen, 
so I got a book for Christmas. Uh, you guys on the podcast may not realize this, but I'm a I'm a big Tennessee fan. Yeah, I'm yeah. from Tennessee. Grew up there. Grew up a Tennessee fan. I lived through our national championship back in '98, and then I've lived through ten years of misery since then. <laughs> Twenty years of misery. Twenty. Since then. I was like, you math's um, not right, brother. Well, we didn't start going downhill until about 2008. Yeah. Um, but uh, recently, I got for Christmas a book that is Decade of Dysfunction, mm-hmm. and it's the missteps since 2008 when we fired uh, 2007 when we fired uh, Coach Philip Fulmer and every bad decision that's happened since then up yeah. till present day. Yeah. And let me tell you, I'm a glutton for punishment. Uh, just a one fun story in there. One of our old coaches uh, put on some doors in the mm. practice uh, facility, a statement that said, opportunity is now here. But if you read it, <laughs> you can't make picture. this stuff up. It literally says, opportunity is nowhere. Yeah, I saw that on there. Uh, and, I mean, that's not the dumbest thing that's happened in Tennessee <laughs> history for the past 10 years. Uh, um, so I read that one, and then I recently – I'm reading that one. And I recently finished uh, Shakespeare's play mm-hmm. Titus Andronicus, yeah. which is where Shakespeare outdoes Quentin Tarantino at being Quentin Tarantino. Oh, uh, there you go. So it's very violent. Uh, yeah, some, yeah. Some uh, interesting stuff. It was It was – uh, it's my first kind of venture into Shakespeare other than yeah. Romeo and Juliet and right, Hamlet right, right. and some of the other yeah. ones. So, well, good. Good deal. Yeah, what are you reading, John? So I'm reading uh, True Community by Jerry Bridges. Uh-huh. Uh, one of my church members uh, had read it and they encouraged me to read that, so I'm reading that one. I'm reading Hillbilly Elegy. Yeah. and uh, I've heard I'm, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm uh, working someone, my way through that. It's it's pretty interesting. Someone in a podcast. Yeah, right. Uh, so I'm reading those two. And I'm also reading uh, The Portable Seminary, which I'm reading it slowly because I'm going through it with uh, my church. So. Okay. Uh, those three are the three that I'm uh, reading right now. Pretty good. So, yeah, Pretty good stuff. Jerry Bridges, I, I don't know that I've ever read anything from Jerry Bridges. Yeah. You know, you mentioned uh-huh. one of your top one. ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, and so I'm reading his book, and it's it's very helpful. Yeah. So he, it's about fellowship, koinonia. I, I should have read more about from him. I should read more from him. Yeah. 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 It's good. Good stuff. Good so stuff. that's what I'm reading right now, and... Uh, and that's uh, that's the direction that I'm going this fall. I'm already three books into my thirty, my twenty six. Hey, pretty good book goal. Pretty good. Yeah, so how about that? Good stuff. Well, <laughs> we appreciate you being with us this uh, this evening, morning, wherever you're listening to this podcast. It's Imperfect Church Podcast time somewhere, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, so we ask that if you enjoy our podcast, to like, rate, and review us on iTunes. Keep those reviews coming. We will be reading those on air. We don't care what it says as long as it's family-friendly, self-deprecating, whatever, as long as you give us five stars, right? Um, so until then, we will uh, we will see you next time. So keep loving your imperfect church. And remember, one day she will be perfected in glory. <laughs>